Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, everybody in between and outside. My name is Eric Brent West, and welcome to the very first, the inaugural episode of the Bandwidth Podcast. We're really happy to be here on Anchor and beyond um, for the first episode. We got the chance to sit down to talk with the incomparable Joss Hunter, just this amazing guy, stand-up fella. Really happy that we had him on the show. Uh, we talk about his recent tour, some amazing things that he's got going on in his life, and some things that he hopes to get to in the future as his, uh, as his career is really taking off from where, uh, from where he stands. Really happy to have him on the show. If that's something that interests you, if you want to listen, then just sit back and relax and enjoy the remainder of the episode. As always, you can follow myself, Eric Brent West, at Eric Brent West on places like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Stay in touch with me. Let me know what you want to be hearing on these podcasts. We're happy that you're here. We're happy that you're listening. Enjoy the show. Okay. And we are live. We are live. Awesome. Okay. Well, Josh, thanks for taking the time to um, come on down here and to have an interview. No worries, man. But anyway, yeah, so there's a couple things I obviously wanted to talk about. I mean, you've been up to a lot lately. You've been a busy man. Been doing a lot <laughs> yep. since the last time that we attempted to have the house concert slash interview. I'm glad we got a better turnout for that second yep. one. Um, but yeah, let's just let's just get started. Let's talk about your life and things have been happening. So when, when we left you last, you were heading on a tour with the Soapbox Duo. Mm-hmm. So what were... How, so how did that go? Year. Give me a little synopsis. Man, it was already a year? When was the last time we... Oh, well, not even a year. Did I say last year? Yeah. Oh, no. Maybe that's like, just whoa. the force of habit. <laughs> no, it hasn't been a year. Oh, my goodness. No, definitely less than a year. <laughs> okay. However long ago was that. I was a bit concerned. I'm like, man. <laughs> time flies, yeah. man. Time flies. Um, yeah, I went on tour across Western Canada with uh, the Soapbox Duo, who are now called Genesia. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, and, and the whole name change. Oh yeah, it's just all, it's just a fun whole process for them right now. Yeah. But um, yeah, we did we did dates across like Saskatchewan, BC, Alberta. Uh, we were gone for a month. It was it was awesome. I was like really scared that mm-hmm. I wasn't gonna enjoy it. Um, you scared you weren't. <laughs> I was scared that I wasn't gonna enjoy it because I. I just freak myself out about the dumbest things because I'm like, man, maybe what if I get homesick? What if I hate being away from home for that long? What if I like miss having my own space? What if I just don't like the whole idea of being on tour? So I was like psyching myself out about it and I wasn't sure whether I was going to enjoy it as much as I did mm-hmm. and so I was really glad when I did enjoy it and <laughs> when I was like they seem like cool people I they mean are. like they are if I was offered that tour I would be like I wouldn't be like oh man this is gonna be a shitty time yeah. <laughs> I'd be pretty excited for no it, so. no they're cool and we got along pretty well I mean like touring with a married couple was yeah. a little bit weird um, I loved all your third wheeling posts dude I was third wheeling the whole freaking time it was oh. like just a, it was just a joy <laughs> but um, no, like I got along with them and, and it was still fun and yeah. there was definitely, um, that feeling of third wheeling, but yeah, overall it was great. I mean, you still get the chance to kind of do your own thing too. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. That's awesome. 
And uh, you got a tattoo on the tour. Yes, I did. I got a, a tour tattoo, Western Canada. Um, I got it in Canmore, so that was really cool. Canmore is like one of my favorite places. Have you ever been a tattoo guy? Did you ever think that you were ever going to get one? I wanted one for a while, but I never really knew what I liked enough. Right. And then someone just told me that like... You're never gonna be like a thousand percent sure about a tattoo, no, you're and if you not. if you have that attitude, you're just never gonna get any. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of like, so if you if there's something if there's an idea that you like and that means something to you, just like get it before you think about it too right. much, because then you're just gonna psych yourself out yeah. of it. So that's kind of what it was. And Alex from Soapbox Duo, he also got one. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, kinda, so. are they matching like exactly? Uh, no, they're not exact, um, but they're both of mountains and in the f- shape of a triangle, kind right. of. His is in color because he has white skin, and I can't, <laughs> I can't yeah. adorn myself with colors, unfortunately. But um, they're they're kind of similar. Yeah, his cost a lot more than mine. I know, just like adding color to a yeah. tattoo that just bumps up the price. It was like the yeah. difference was insane. Yeah, there's a reason why I only do like line drawings when I get my tattoos. Yeah. It's just because it's like. You get the flat fee. Yeah. You know, you don't have to worry too much exactly. about it. Yeah. But that's kind of cool, though, that you have that to kind of tie yourself back to that. Tour, exactly. Right. Yeah. So. First tour, first tattoo. That's good. That's good that all in all it was a positive experience. It was. Right? So yes. That's perfect. Thank you. And the other thing that I wanted to ask you about, because I was doing I was doing my research a little <laughs> bit last night, and I was, uh, I was just checking out your website, and I didn't realize um, you'd taken a, a bunch of videos on this tour. Yep. You did a couple videos, and one of them was at the Frequency Winery. Yeah. And I'd never heard of that place before. <laughs> What's that? What's that all about? Oh, what was your dude. experience like there? Okay, so I hadn't heard of this place either, and one of our stops on tour was in Nelson, and we were staying with, um, we were staying on campus at Selkirk University, which is okay. like a sister campus to McEwen. Interesting. It's, it's like a music school. I mean, I think there's other programs, but it's primarily music. And this was in uh, Nelson, BC. Nelson. I could have sworn that I've driven. I've probably driven. Through. Yeah, it's such a nice campus. Where is it close to? Uh, I do not know. <laughs> it's all. Nelson's blur. Nelson's not very big. Um, it's pretty far from Vancouver because we went straight from Nelson to Vancouver. Oh wow. Um, and it was like six hours still from from vancouver so it's still pretty far but it's like really nice and it's like nestled around mountains so you like go outside of your dorm and there's just like mountains and it's just really cool um and there was a there was a another musician there who mentioned that oh when you're in Kelowna, you should check out frequency winery they do um free videos and stuff for artists and I was just like, whoa, that sounds kind of cool. So I looked it up and there was a booking thing. And so I just booked it and showed up for my time slot. I did not know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, Soapbox Duo had a, um, a slot booked that day too, but theirs got canceled because they really? were understaffed. Um, but mine was earlier than theirs. So mine... Um, you ended up getting in. I ended then. up getting in still. So And oh, okay. it was perfect because that was the only day that we could have done it. Mm-hmm. So... I still got to do mine and I got there and the place looks like a tiny little shack in the middle of nowhere, but you walk in and it's just like the coolest thing you'll ever see. Like there's just walls lined with wine and there's a studio right in the middle of, oh, really? of the winery. Yeah, I saw it cause you, you took it and you took the video in front of the soundboard. Yeah. Right? And it was just like unbelievable. And, um, basically their concept is that, um, the 
pitch of sound and mm-hmm. of music in particular um, changes the properties of wine. And so they use the music that gets recorded in their studio. Right. And they pl- they essentially play the music for their wine. And they believe that that it changes the property. That's of, interesting. It's very it's very interesting. And they use like thinner glass on their wine bottle so that the sound can travel into the actual liquid. That's kind of like the same concept where it's just like, oh, if you listen to Mozart while your baby's yeah. in the womb, right? They'll come out smarter. Exactly. <laughs> so Maybe not the wine. exact same thing. <laughs> That's that's a really interesting yeah. concept though. So there's like, Do you know if that holds any sort of scientific like, proof or is um, that kind of just like their well their own their own theory? Yeah. Um well, okay, so apparently I didn't research it, but they they said that there's like this Japanese um scientist who has like his PhD and whatever cuz we got to believe everyone with a PhD. Exactly. But uh <laughs> he did a bunch of tests um and did a, a, a extensive amount of research right. on the properties of sound affecting um just liquid in general like right. even even just like um they did this thing where they put black sand on like a a speaker and okay. they played a certain pitch and the sand would form into different patterns and the patterns oh. would change depending on what pitch was played what so frequency what frequency yeah so like if they played the frequency of like a, a middle c note right all the sand would like vibrate until it formed this really cool pattern and right. then if they played a different um a, a different note and let that vibrate the speaker, the sand would form a different pattern and it would form the exact same pattern every single time. Oh yeah, consistently, right? Exactly. Because so, of the vibration. And yeah. So it has so, something to do with that. Like, it, I don't know. Do you think it's like, probably with like the alcoholization process, maybe it's just affected by the yeah, frequencies? I would imagine that's that interesting. something like that. And that but. affects flavor somehow. Yes. And are you a wine guy or are <laughs> no. you not a wine I was going to say. I don't even like wine, but they gave me like 20 samples and I was like... I just pretended that I knew how great it was, but I mean, like, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. So you tried the wine. I did, but you, you didn't I didn't really have, have anything, anything to compare to it to, right? So right. I was probably the did worst. Did you taste person. differences in, in the different wines at all? Yeah, um, I did. Like, I'm not very. I can't describe the flavors. Right. They were just. Oh, I all, can't either. They're all just bitter. The, the nutty after. Nutty yeah. after. Not this after. One has after taste of nutmeg or something. I'm like, <laughs> no, this just tastes bitter. This just tastes like really bitter grapes yeah but, yeah but. and then uh next thing i want to talk about so moving on from the tour that was just sounds like a killer experiences it was lots of really cool little tidbits like the frequency <laughs> winery which yeah. is sweet uh but you just recently opened for john bryant i did and that from your instagram post that sounded like a bucket list sort of it thing. was uh i heard john bryant three years ago um in edmonton and where did he play when he, came he played at the mercury room when oh, okay. it was open and i was just like i was blown away and just was like man who is this guy and i knew i knew trevor who owned the mercury room and mm-hmm. i i basically was like man if you could ever get me on the bill with him i would i would appreciate it for the rest of my life and um trevor was like yeah, man, like, I'll, I'll see if, like, next time he comes in. But I think Trevor knew that I wasn't, like, in the same genre. Right. So I think Trevor was a little bit hesitant to get me on board. But mm-hmm. um, I kept bugging him about it. But then eventually the Mercury Room closed down. Right. And then there was another uh, team uh, by the name of JCL, who I also know the owner of, who was bringing him to the Almanac. Right. And the event went up, and it was, like, 
John Bryant with guests um, on this day, and it was a, it was a couple months out still. Right. So I was like, I'm gonna reach out to Steve, who owns JCL, and and just see like, have you found your openers yet? And if not, is there any chance in the world you'd take me on? Like oh, yeah. I can I can cater my set to sound more. Like John's, right. I guess. To sound more like a John Bryan opener. Yeah, rather like than... it, like rather than some random R and B guy right. who's like, you know. Um, so I pitched that to Steve, and he was like, "Yeah, man, that would be great, and uh, I'd love to have you." And so he booked me, which I was ecstatic about. But then I had another show at the Rec Room, which was my tour finale show. Was that the night before? Wasn't it was it? not the night before. It was the week before. The week before. Yeah. So Steve was pissed that I booked um, within a week of each other. Right. The two shows. And so I, he was like, because essentially it's going to affect how many people I can right. bring out to John Bryant. But I told him, I'm like, no, man, like I can sell out John Bryant. I can get people there for sure. Like it's not an issue. And right. he was kind of like hesitant to trust me. Right. But then I brought 60 people out and then oh, he was wow. like, okay. He's like, okay. And never the mind. Almanac isn't exactly the most ginormous room. No, it's right? tiny. 60 people feels like a lot more than 60 people I think people capacity there. is like 100. Yeah. And yeah. It, and 100 is like people sardined together. Yes. I know when I played the So Far show, there was like 45 people there yeah. and it, it felt packed. Yeah. Like, just it's all dependent on the size of the room. Definitely. That's why we wanted to play smaller venues on tour, because it's like, we right. sold out this venue, but it's like, there only fits 10 people. But no, You no. still sold it out. Yeah, we still, still sold, sold it out, out, kind of. Sold out, sold out venues yeah. <laughs> the whole time. And then you can say, we sold out our tour. <laughs> <laughs> no, most people, when they say that, they're just like, holy shit, you sold out stadiums, you know? Oh, like, yeah. That's what most people associate You just put that, it in but... your artist bio, and it's like, wow. <laughs> Sell out tour. Yeah. So you got 60 people there. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, and then, uh, so I think total there was about, like, between 80 and 90 people out, so oh, wow. it was, like, absolutely packed, so mm -hmm. I don't think Steve was too pissed I'd off. I guarantee you that he wouldn't have been yeah, pissed off so about that. We're still good. <laughs> you guys were on good terms yeah. then. How was meeting meeting him? Uh, meeting it was John cool. Ryan. Like, he's really sweet, like, just a solid guy, and um, just, like, it was funny, because I, I told him, like, man, I've been a fan of yours for so long, and I, I've kept harassing trevor to like let me open for you and um and it's just never happened and so this is i'm excited that this is the first time it's happened and um it was cool like i got to hang out with him in the artist in the green room and mm -hmm. um just like talk and take pictures together and stuff and so it's just cool. really chill like he's That's a really, cool. really really awesome guy and because he's from out east right yes he is nova scotia i believe nova scotia. yeah that's sweet man yeah that's a really really cool opportunity and then, um, yeah, we're kind of moving in, switching gears from what's happened into the past to kind of what's been around uh, right now, at mm -hmm. least from what I can see from your social media and stuff. And then mm -hmm. hopefully we can expand on that. Sure. Um, but I saw an Instagram post that really kind of, I don't really know how to phrase this. I'm not going to, I don't want to say tickled my fancy <laughs> because that does not tickle my fancy to say that, but it's what it did. Um, the, <laughs> the, uh, the rec room performance that you did that yep. was just spontaneous when you had your family there oh that one oh yeah. dude that was, was the that? most weird that was the weirdest day of my last decade like oh my <laughs> goodness <laughs> in the last 10 years of your life yeah that was his that was the oh, wow. most bizarre experience man okay so i have family visiting from england and vancouver for a wedding and okay. they had never been to the rec room before and 
I just went is, to... Is the rec room just an Edmonton thing? Well, um, it, there's one in Calgary now. That's what I thought. Yeah, um, but, but originally... Edmonton had the first ever rec room. Right, because it's a Canadian sweet. thing, yes. right? Yeah, because this was Cineplex, so... Um, they do it with Cineplexes? Yeah, uh, Cineplex oh, okay. owns the rec room. That's interesting, yeah. I, never, I never even knew that. Yeah. You so, play a lot of shows and stuff in the rec room, too. I do. Um, I'm playing my third one. Actually, I guess fourth one, if you consider the random I one. Mean, for some show people. At How the long of a set did you play at the, uh, with the random one? 40 minutes. You played a 40 minute set just spontaneously? Yep. So. Okay. Yeah. We can say it's your fourth show then. Yeah. It was, it, it was very weird. So my family was here and, um, I just went and hanged out, hung out with them, hanged out with them, <laughs> hung out with it's them. Oh happens. my goodness. Um, on their patio and we were just sitting around and, um, they were like, yeah, so we were thinking of checking out the rec room later today if you want to come. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's cool. Someone, this random guy who heard me at the Edmonton Music Awards the night before, mm-hmm. he added me as a friend on Facebook and I accepted every friend requ- friend request I got that night because I just assumed... Assumed there were people from the event. Yeah, so I'm like, I yeah. don't know if these people might have connections or whatever, but... Um, so he added me and I didn't know who he was, but I just confirmed it and he sent me a message. It was a very weird message. And he was like, essentially, he was like, hey man, um, a mutual friend gave me a mission and that mission was to invite you out to an, an R&B music, and music event happening at the rec room tonight at 8 p.m. And um, I can't tell you who the friend is, but I can tell you it's going to be a magical night. And I'm like, this is the weirdest message I've that's, ever that's gotten. Cryptic. That's cryptic. Yeah, super cryptic. and so I was like, okay, man. I I mean, I could try to stop by, and I'm okay. So first, I thought I'm like, this guy's gonna like murder me or something, but then <laughs> I'm like, it's at the rec room, and I know that the rec room wouldn't get like yeah, weirdos. There's, there's a lot of people that go there. Right? Yeah, it's, it's not it's like, like a sketchy exactly. dive bar. It's, it's pretty, not like it's a nice. It's a good establishment yeah. and one that I feel like I won't get mugged at. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I was like, yeah, sure. And then anyways, so then later in the day I was having, uh, I was just sitting on the patio with my family and they were like, let's go to the rec room. And I was like, oh, this random guy just invited me to this show at the rec room and my family loves R&B. Right. And so I'm like, yeah, it's an R&B music night. And they were like, oh, that sounds amazing. Like, yeah, let's go. So we went to the rec room and... I went into the music venue part and there was like nobody there and I went down the stairs and there was these two dudes there and they were just like in a lot of stress and I was like what's going on I introduced myself to them and they were like yeah our whole event fell apart and I'm like why they're like literally everything that went wrong that could have went wrong went wrong oh wow and they said one of our artists canceled on us all our like they had a the guy who was playing piano and singing he had like a patch for like um, other sound effects and stuff and right. he's like all my cables aren't working my laptop stopped working oh my god um, okay. he's like all the people who said they were gonna come are starting to cancel on us now and he said and we've been trying to cancel the event but rec room won't give us our money back right which is fair because it's you so can't just minute, it's right. last minute and rec room has to pay the people who yeah they've already advertised i'm sure exactly so they can't just give them their money back but then the guys were like Man, I know this is like super unprofessional and it's kind of embarrassing to ask, but is there any chance in the world that you'd consider playing a set tonight? Mm-hmm. And I was like not prepared for that because I was just coming to hang out with my family. Yeah. And, and so. The day after the EMAs to boot, the, right? Yeah. Like, so. Pretty stressful day the day before. Yeah. It was the day before was crazy, but 
I just felt really bad and I am um, they were like really stressed out and so I was like yeah don't worry about it I'll, I'll help you guys out um, so I ran home I grabbed my guitar and I just grabbed literally just grabbed a handful of CDs and threw them in my backpack and went out the door and I and I came back and then within five minutes of my performance starting people started like piling in mm-hmm. because we asked um, we asked one of the people working there if they could announce on the intercom that there's a free show happening in the music venue so that they could invite like people right. just in to watch if they wanted to anyways five minutes before i went up people started piling in and there was like at least 120 people in there oh, wow which is like unbelievable considering that these guys thought nobody was going to show up right and so i ended up playing a 40 minute set to like 120 people who i had never played for before and they oh, never wow. heard me and they were like they were going crazy like the amount of support i got and the amount of like the great reaction i got was insane i completely sold out of cds after oh wow i walked out with just under 300 dollars that i did not intend to make that night that's incredible i know and um then there was a guy he's a music producer and he's gotten some songs on um, armin van buren's one of his records he's like this edm like house artist yeah 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 and um, he approached me and asked me if I would want to sing, if I would want to put vocals on one of his songs, which I'm currently dude. working on now. And um, that's pretty crazy, dude. It was just like unbelievable how the whole thing happened. And I don't even know, like completely out that's of just like a whirlwind nowhere. of a yeah. couple hours. Hey? I couldn't sleep that night because I'm like, how did this just happen? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the most random chain of events. Yeah, it was that's really crazy. cool. Yeah. I don't even know. That's that's incredible, man. That <laughs> is absolutely incredible. I'm still kind of speechless. That's oh man. I'm I'm speechless just I can't thinking about it because like that. that's just like most people make those amount of like connections and and things like that over the course of I don't know maybe four or five months. Yeah. But it's just like all that jam packed into a couple hours. It's like, here you go. <laughs> Here's all these things now yeah. that you could just oh run with. Insane. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you, dude. Thank you. Way to be prepared for yeah. all that. I mean, that's like, this is the hardest thing too, as an artist. I've been, I mean, not to the, that degree, but I mean, kind of the same principle. You get asked to like, oh, can you play at this? I know it's like tomorrow night. All right. Can you just like play a song for my friend? Mm-hmm. You know, I got asked to sing this oh, i don't even know it was a train song it was like a really obscure train song yeah and i'm not a train fan yeah <laughs> like the only train songs i have ever heard are like hey soul sister right the ones that are on the drops radio. of jupiter yeah i'm not like super into train yeah. so they're just like we need you to just play this song because my it's like we came to this event tonight to like mourn the loss of my friend who had died or wow. something in a car crash and he's like this was her favorite song we feel like your voice will be really good for this mm-hmm. and i'm like I don't know what the song is, but sure. And then they just like really appreciate it. They buy your CD, make a really awesome connection, right? right? But like to that degree (laughs) is insane. Like that many things. Dude. Especially that like the producer coming up to you after. That was the best part. Like that's that's really cool. Yeah. That's really, really cool. I mean, like you could have easily just said no. Yeah. Right? It's just like that one decision just Just ricochets into all these other things. That's incredible. Yeah. The last two things that I, I wanted to get through. Sure. I mean, we can definitely discuss other things further if we've if we go off into tangents. That's okay. <laughs> um, but the the profits of music, 
Yep. And the EMAs are the two things. Cool. So what order do you want to tackle that in? Um, I mean, EMAs is still pretty fresh. Yeah, let's do that one let's first. Let's do EMAs first. So EMAs is Edmonton Music Awards yes. for all those, maybe one person that isn't listening from Edmonton. Yeah. <laughs> but what was that? What was that whole process like? Getting getting nominated, right. you know, everything like that. Were you expecting a nomination? Uh, that whole thing was incredible. Like I was on tour when I got the email saying that I was nominated, mm-hmm. and um, it was like such a cool moment it, it just kind of felt like i was finally getting reassurance that i was doing the right thing right um because like for the past five years i've been in school so all my accomplishments were really just school related right like i got a great grade on this essay it's like awesome but who actually cares yeah like i don't care um and like graduating was probably the only like big accomplishment that i <laughs> took from university because it, it meant that i it meant that i was give done yourself some credit <laughs> yeah it's no, a pretty big accomplishment it was it was but it was i was more just excited for it because i knew that i'm like done now yeah you didn't have to do any more studying exactly you have your degree yeah you know and don't get me wrong like i love studying and i'll probably end up doing my master's at some point but i just don't want to right now and i didn't right. i didn't necessarily want to be in school when i was in school mm-hmm. but i also on the other hand, think that there was no be- there was no better time for me to be in school. Right. Um, that's where I built like a lot of my confidence and a lot of my connections is through the U of A. So, um, anyways, I don't know how I even got onto that tangent, but uh, this was the first thing that really jumped out at me as being like it's kind of like validation. Validation. For that's all the word I'm looking work, for. Right? Yeah, like it's like you, okay, finally someone is it's actually like a little pat on the back. It's exactly. Just like, You're on the right track. There, yeah. Joshy boy. Exactly. You're doing the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was nominated for Male Artist of the Year and R&B, R&B Soul Recording of the Year. And it's pretty two big nominations, too. That was it's sweet. Not, yeah, it's it was, not like kind it was of like Male Artist of the Year. Like, what the heck? How do you decide that? Like, how, what? I didn't get it. Like, I was like, what criteria goes into that mm-hmm. decision? But I, I'm like, I'll take it. I don't care. Um, and um, so that was really cool and leading up to it was was um very nerve-wracking but um the award show was insane like Mm -hmm. it was just really cool seeing how many people knew about me that i didn't even know right which like is really bizarre because um there was all these people coming up to me that were like congratulating me and and wanting to talk to me and they knew who I was, but you didn't know, and I didn't know who they were. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's really cool, actually, because that's like your first kind of glimpse into kind of hitting it big, sort of on yeah, a smaller scale. I right? guess so. Because I mean, you think about people like 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 John Mayer, Ed Sheeran. Mm-hmm. They have people come up to them every every day every that day. are just like, "Oh, I love your music," and they have no idea who they are. Yeah, right. And it's come maybe kind of hard to see that as a local musician, right. where you're just like you recognize people at almost right. every event you go to. Yeah. Right. So. I mean, I think part of it is because I'm brown, and so, like, I stand out. <laughs> so it's like, oh, yeah, that guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you want your skin color to be yeah, kind of skin, a part of your brand, I feel then like, you can, I feel you can like, play it off that way. I feel like the sooner I embrace it, the easier it's just going to be. Because, oh, for sure. Because it's, it's something like, that makes you unique. Right? Yeah, and that's, and that's It's for, you. Yeah, and so, and especially with, like, my style of music, there's not that many, like like brown skinned people in Edmonton or anywhere really who are kind of doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like with guitar, like I haven't really met 
a whole lot of or heard of a whole lot of um like brown skin people who like play guitar yeah. and are into like old school blues and stuff like that so i think that's kind of sweet that i kind of have that niche a little bit yeah but um plus like the world is like so much more like multicultural now so it's kind of like i'm i'm fitting quite nicely into that yeah. diversity wagon but um <laughs> <laughs> anyways so yeah that was a really interesting experience of just like walking into a room and just people just knew who I was and that was just really cool and especially because I was away on tour and I just kind of thought that like I was forgotten by Edmonton right. while I was gone and then just to come back and people just were like oh how was your tour and I'm like I don't even know you like how do you know <laughs> how I was... did you know I was yeah. on tour it's like I know I post on social media yeah it's but... hard not to think when you post on social media that it's like only your friends and family see it. Right. And I, like, I yeah. have, I have, like, what, I don't know, 1,600 something followers. Yeah, which it's is, getting up there now. Yeah, which, I mean, it's not that much, but it's, it's still, 1600 it's still 1,600 people that are yeah. seeing my stuff, maybe. Yeah. Um, Who on purpose hit follow. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't even know 1,600 people. So it's like, I mean, somebody in there must be someone who would recognize me yeah. at an event or something. But, anyways, um, so that was a really cool night, like performing. I didn't win um, either category, but like I was still just like I was on such a high that yeah. like it didn't really even matter. Like I was yeah. I was a little bit bummed the next day, right? Because I was like, ah oh, man, like that would have been cool if I would have won. And um, but my guitarist kept saying like, man, like you got to perform at the EMAs. There were like yeah. there were like so many people there and so many people that heard you play and he's like and i think that that's more um more beneficial than getting an award because definitely because like if you win an award everybody in the audience may have never heard of you right but you get an award and it's like oh cool like because not everybody that got an award got to perform exactly i think only like five bands performed so it's kind of like if you win an award the music industry people in the audience who don't know of you might still be like, okay, well, that doesn't mean that they're good live. Yeah, exactly. You know, or that that doesn't mean that they can perform live very well or whatever. But the mm -hmm. fact that I got to play live with my band, which is like my element, and um, in front of that many people and have my name like yeah. in big letters, like right above me at the Windspear, like, yeah that's something that's that really like cool. if people enjoy people will see me and how i perform live and if they like me enough they'll go and type up my name which is right on the big screen yeah. and look me up and they're and that just kind of dominoes yeah just like a huge opportunity for like organic yes. growth right yeah so it's super rare that you get to play in front of that yeah. many people that are a captive audience yeah right at the wind spirit everybody's there for the emas exactly you know, it's really rare that especially as indie artists in a local scene where you play a venue where it's yeah. like i'm here to see this event yep. and i'm fully like captivated yep. by what's going on on the stage right, right. So, and even then not everybody might be but you you're still front and center totally that's huge yeah definitely big so yeah that must have been a really awesome opportunity Dude, it was it was nuts like yeah. it, it was over too fast it's like one of those things where it just feels like a blur mm -hmm. like when you get off stage and you're like did that actually just happen and it's like and yeah. then you just liked it so much that you're like, wait, I want to do another song. I just want to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, it'd be so cool to like be able to 
play these kinds of venues regularly mm-hmm. and not just play one song but yeah one day man. maybe one, one day we'll see oh i sure think so <laughs> i sure think so and then um yeah anything else you want to say about the emas any um, other cool things i mean you probably got to see a lot of your friends get some nominations yes. and loose tenulites did great um they got nominated for, for two i think um they got blues, to play as blues well. recording of the year yep. and uh i think alternative um alternative rock was that for time runs out yes okay yeah I th- i'm pretty sure they got two um i thought they did two yeah i don't yeah. remember but they got to perform as well mm-hmm. which was sick they yeah i saw the performance night. it looked really awesome yeah it was great and um yeah just it was sweet my friend mitchell lawler won um an award this year and oh yeah yeah, yeah. he had been nominated four years in a row and had never won and so this was his first year uh, winning yeah. so i was super stoked he, for him. um the first time i ever saw him play you know the artist amine no no oh man i should show his music after but he's like he won a bunch of not like big big awards but like smaller awards for like best new hip-hop artists mm-hmm. and stuff like that and he came through and he played the um oh on the other side of the river uh, Laney played there oh okay um, uh, the name escapes me the room is black it has this uh, upper deck starlight uh, room it has Argyll Road by Argyll Road sorry man oh my gosh <laughs> Leah Cole plays there all the time she's played a couple Union shows. Union Hall is it Union Hall? I'm pretty sure. It is Union Hall. They that have the Union upper deck. Hall. Yeah, they have the upper deck. Yeah. It's Union Hall. I don't know how I forgot about that. But yeah, <laughs> they okay. played Union Hall. So Mitchell got to open for them. Koch got to open. Yeah. A bunch of other really cool artists. And right. it's like, yeah, he mentioned that he had been up for like a bunch of EMAs before. Mm-hmm. So that's really, that's got to be kind of a cool thing yeah. to finally get that W hit. Definitely. That's really cool. How long have you guys known each other? Um, Probably like four years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just know um, each other from doing music? Just music, yeah. yeah. And just, we see each other at, like, every single event. Mm-hmm. So. And I've seen his gigs a few times, and he's seen mine, so just music connections. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. That's cool. And then Lila, Lila oh my gosh, <laughs> Lyra Brown won a couple. Yeah, she won three. She yeah. was killing it. She, she oh brought home goodness, some, man. some hardware that night, Yeah, hey? Yeah. Dude, she killed it. Like, this was definitely She's had a pretty year. big year. Oh yeah, she really has. She won like music video, pop recording of the year, and like, uh, it was like even like alternative artists, something like something that. Yeah, or, music. Alternative- the music video one was sick though. Yeah, like that's a big award because mm-hmm. they played all the music videos. Oh really? Yeah. So all the nominated music videos, they played them in their entirety, and she won. So that was really cool. That's really cool. So yeah, she killed it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I wish I could have been there. I oh. worked that night and I was pissed. I'm Dang. just like, I wanted a ticket. I wanted to just go Dude, and watch. And you should definitely try to come next year. I definitely should. Everybody is there who you yeah. want to meet. Yeah. In the city. For sure. I will. I will try my best to make it out. <laughs> Sounds good. And then uh, last thing that we kind of, I, I kind of want to talk about was sure. the whole thing that's been going on with the profits of music. Yep. Um, I'm not entirely familiar about what it is. Okay. I know they, you have an opportunity to record some songs with them. Mm-hmm. Or have you recorded songs of them? Not yet. Okay. Um, basically, give me, give me the lowdown. Sure. Basically, what that is is, um, they did this program. It's like an artist entrepreneur program, mm-hmm. where they select one musician who they will take through the course of this program of like development, 
-hmm. So basically, um, they cater it to what I need where I'm at in my career right now. So, um, for example, I want coaching on the boring stuff like finances, right? And like just literally like taxes and like what, like, because I don't understand this stuff. Like, I was never taught about any of this, like taxes and business expenses. And I just hear all my friends saying, like, you should keep all your receipts for gas and food because you can like claim it it. you can write it off i'm like what the (laughs) hell does that mean (laughs) and so like just that stuff like i that's something that i want to understand is like okay well how do i manage my finances as a musician who is now moving into his full-time career essentially being that and that's a big it's a big thing yeah and it's not the most exciting thing like i'd definitely rather be learning it's crucial right yeah especially as somebody i mean you're still on the lower end yeah. of things budget's definitely tight for a lot of yeah. things that you do totally. so you gotta know how to manage it definitely for sure. and just other things like like literally i want to learn all the boring stuff that is so necessary still yeah, like the I building would, blocks exactly like i would so much rather learn like oh like how to promote yourself on spotify but it's like i kind of know that stuff and also mm-hmm. that's something that i could find a wealth of resource yeah online even definitely but what i don't know how to do yet is the financial stuff and like even things like getting a visa to per- to perform and make money in the United States right or like just stuff like that like the very fine details of like contracts and um record label things and just so that like when I do eventually look for management right I know that they're actually doing something that I couldn't do myself right so I'd rather just like I've also applied for the CMI program in Calgary for November Um, because that's like a five week intensive music business Mm -hmm. training course. And so I want to be able to know how to do this stuff so that I can kind of like draw the line between, okay, this is good advice and this is BS. Like, um, and this is a person that I should hire and this is a person who's not going to do anything. Yeah. Um, that's a difficult thing to do. Yeah. Cause I remember when I first, I first moved here, that's what I started looking into, but I couldn't figure out what i needed from those yeah, people exactly and that it's like there's so many like gray areas where yep. you're just like should you even be doing this yep. you know is this something that i could do just mm-hmm. as easily for free and that right. i don't have to pay you for yeah so it's like there's a lot of interest intricacies in there exactly and like you feel like you I mean you kind of go into it cocky as a musician you're just like oh yeah i know yeah. i know what to do I've, I've played shows before but it's like it's an expansive mm-hmm. world right you yep. definitely need more advice than you think definitely that's that's great that you're taking those steps to kind of get educated on that thank you because yeah. i mean you're like i mean you have you have a university degree but in something totally different right yeah. it's <laughs> like people people go to school for like business managing mm-hmm. for for musicians right right like people specialize in that totally. so it's like it's an interesting industry to get into yeah. kind of that whole side of things yep. it's hard to kind of think of that as an artist i'm sure seriously i mean because i mean at the end of the day like i don't want to be thinking about taxes like no, i want to no. write songs about the i want to record i want to definitely play guitar and practice like i don't want to think about contracts and stuff like that stuff yeah. is so boring but mm-hmm. um i think that's honestly what separates a musician who's going to make it in this industry versus a musician who's just going to get screwed by another definitely um manager or label or something you see those you see the unfortunately you see those kinds of people all the time yeah and it's It's like you hear i've heard stories from 
like Emily and Damien of friends of theirs that, I mean they didn't mention names out of respect of people that like mm-hmm. signed a record deal yeah. and then just got screwed over yeah. because of like fine details and yep. contracts and exactly. stuff like you've got to be careful yeah. you can't be naive in this <laughs> no, industry like definitely. you need to know your stuff because there are lots of sharks out there definitely. and um, they're just always looking for someone they can exploit and so I guess I'm trying to be become like um protected against that right a little more aware of yeah. things that go on and then also it's just nice to have less things that i need to outsource right like um i've built i've throughout the years i've started building like a little home studio like very right. similar to what you have um hopefully a little more expensive uh not that much more um <laughs> there's not a whole lot you that just you need, need the essentials yeah you need two speakers headphones audio out interface a keyboard basically it and a whole lot yeah it's um and but more so like i've taken a bunch of online courses on mixing and recording and Mm -hmm. techniques and things and also i've shadowed every single time i record at a studio right i i bring like a list of questions that i have to ask the engineer because like that's a smart thing well yeah because like when i book studio time it's like i'm paying like upwards of 70 dollars an hour to be there so i'm gonna get my freaking money's worth like i'm gonna ask this guy so many questions Mm -hmm. like why are you putting the mic like that why did you choose that mic and not that mic why are you like you know um what eq settings do you use what do you what like preamps am i going into yeah you know because it's like then these are all things that I can make mental notes of. And then when yeah, I come you can home, remember how they sound exactly, and like whether or not it's something you like. Yes, for sure. So there's and this producer that I've been working with, um, a little bit here and there, and he uses like all the universal audio stuff. Oh, okay. And I absolutely love how my vocals sound when I record with him. Right. And so I straight up just asked him, I'm like, can you show me like, cause I, I invested in the U- universal audio interface. And right. so I, I have like a small collection of their plugins now. So I asked him like, what plugins are you using on my vocals right now? And, um, where have you got them set? Right. And so he wrote me out a list of the ones that he was using on my vocals mm-hmm. and he told me where he had the, the dial set. Right. So I went home and for the, over the next few months, like I started buying the the plugins that he used Mm -hmm. so now i've i have all the plugins he used on my vocals and i have the same i can get the same vocals that i did at his multi not million multi hundred thousand dollar studio (laughs) yeah in my basement yeah exactly so (laughs) yeah it's kind of just little tricks of the trade like that too so just doing stuff like that and i just don't really want to have to pay eighty dollars an hour to record Mm -hmm. so definitely yeah. it's a lot easier to do it yourself definitely so that's like a prop that's a big part of what you're doing with the profits music then is just kind of learning yeah. those more intricate ins mm-hmm. and outs right totally and then you said that you were doing vocal coaching as well yeah um, i saw that somewhere friend, i don't yeah, know if that's correct probably on instagram yeah, <laughs> yeah my friend carolyn um she's also very heavily involved in this in the music scene she's in vancouver now but um she's gonna be doing some vocal coaching with me because that's something i've always neglected Mm -hmm. um i just sing and i don't know anything about it oh same here i have zero training i don't know what the heck anything is about singing i just do it Mm -hmm. and i stop when it hurts so like that's that's my mentality (laughs) yeah and so um and i've never done vocal warm-ups i've always kind of thought they were hilarious like when i see people vocal warming up warming their vocals up (laughs) my vocabulary is crap today um 
and I always I'm just like like do you really need to do that it almost seems like it's like arrogant like yeah oh wow look at that guy over there doing his vocal warm-ups he must yeah. think he's like a hot shot <laughs> he's just warming up his yeah. voice oh my gosh what an like, asshole I know and so I always kind of just like cracked have you have of... you started like warming up your vocals well since? no I haven't really learned <laughs> enough to do it she gave me these little straws and she says that I should like blow into these straws before I sing because apparently it like does something to your larynx. I I've never know. heard of straws. Uh, I've yeah, done, I've, <laughs> I've never heard like of sing larynx. scales or something beforehand. Yeah, dude, a straw. Okay. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. She's the pro. Yeah, right? she says it opens up your your vocal cords so that you can you're not like so you're not so strained, strained. for air yeah. kind of thing. And I, that's the biggest thing I struggle with is. When I'm singing, I run out of air really fast because mm. I have a very breathy voice. Right. And so... So it's just breath control. Yeah. Learning how so to... she's going to teach me breath control and stuff like that and just technique because my mm. technique is crap. And she told me that because she's my friend and she can be brutally honest. She's <laughs> like, yeah, your technique is terrible. I was like, I needed to hear that because I like when people are like, like really, brutally, honest. brutally honest with me. And so, um, so yeah, then I'll be doing that. And then I get to record three songs with... Russell Broom, who is a Grammy, award, nope, Juno award-winning producer. He's okay. done like platinum records with Jan Arden and um, Serena Ryder and oh wow, Michael Bernard's Fitz Fitzgerald, and um, he's got his name on a lot of projects. So and That's he's crazy. a phenomenal guitarist as well. Oh, okay, that would so be kind of cool to pick his brain with yeah, a lot of that stuff, dude. And I will like I'm gonna ask him so many questions. He'll hate me by the end of it. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you could appreciate the yeah. questions that you ask. But yeah, I'm very nice about it. Like I'm not like annoying. I can tell when I'm well, that's when what you think. getting annoyed. Okay, <laughs> well maybe we'll see. I don't know. No, I don't. I don't you uh, haven't asked me a lot of questions, but <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe when Josh, I talk a lot. I don't I mean, know. I'm sure you can ask some of your professors whether or not you're an annoying student. Yeah, that's a good point. And questions. I probably was. I was that kid who was always at office hours, but. That's a, that's a tale for Dude, another time. You get shit done that yeah, way, though, right? Yeah, you do. You, you that's the only way I did better. well, because I was not a naturally gifted student, so I had to work my ass yeah, off. Yeah, you, you have to learn how to learn. Yeah, exactly. That's a perfect way of putting it. Mm -hmm. So um, that's basically what I'll be doing with them. And then um, Talis is recording a documentary of my whole process doing that. And Where's that going to air? That is going to air where or when? Yes. Or both. <laughs> both. Uh, when will probably be um, late August, early September. Oh, cool. And where? I uh, do not know. I think they're, it's definitely going to be on their website. Okay. But then they're going to put it... TELUS has like a, a channel on TV. They're going to put it on I'm there. I'm sure they do. And it'll be online. I'm, I'm sure that... Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure we, we can tune we into can, your social media. We can find and it. Yeah, I'm definitely sure it. you're gonna share that shit around. Yeah, that's a pretty cool opportunity. Yeah, I'm excited. That's super, about super it. cool. So, did they? Did they? Did you apply for that then? Uh, was there yeah. An application process. There was an application that went out, like, in February or something. Oh, maybe wow. maybe it was even earlier. Maybe it was even like late last year. Excuse me. Um. Yeah. So there was just an application where you submit a song and write about why you want to be a part of that mm -hmm. program and like one of my giftings from university is that i am very good at like communicating mm -hmm. i was like really good at writing essays like i was absolute trash at like multiple choice but right. like if i had an essay like i would absolutely slay it. that essay yeah 
and so I'm really good at like writing, and so that's why like. Well, that's a big part of getting into programs and grants and everything. Yeah, because like everyone is... wants to know why. Like basically, this is what I've learned is that if you want to get something, mm -hmm. you have to like be able to sell why you would be the absolute best possible candidate right. for it. They're investing in you. Exactly, right? and that's the same thing for grants. That's the same mm -hmm. thing for competitions. That's the same thing for gigs or anything even just like emails that you write right like there's an etiquette for it and that's like something that like i've been wanting to start doing like a instagram live um podcast thing where i just like share tidbits of information that i've learned throughout my time in the music in business of mm -hmm. just things that i know are like incredibly effective and things right. that everyone should try to do i'd, I'd watch that yeah man, like i want to do it so bad i just have really terrible wi-fi in my basement so <laughs> every time i try to do my wi-fi yeah shit, that's so exactly, achieve my dreams that's why i haven't done it and then first world problems right there totally oh my God. and then my family's home in the evening so yeah. like i can't go do it anywhere else in the house but i don't want to do it during the day because no one's going to watch it during the day right so it's like it just, do they post it? I have never used Instagram TV. Does it, it like does, post like right after? It does post. You can, you do have the option to, to post. Oh, not Instagram TV. I have not even checked that out yet. I'm just talking like straight up Instagram live. Oh, yeah, okay. Gotcha. I, those things are like, I can post it, but I'd rather, I'd rather do it at a time when Instagram people. Live and Instagram TV. Yeah, I, dude, I don't know anything about Instagram TV. Yeah, did you see John Mayer's thing that he did yes, on IGTV? It, it was pretty sweet. That's super cool. You yeah. should do something like that. I though. want to. I just, I'm like so behind on so many things right yeah. now. But, um, it's on the checklist. It is way down there on the checklist. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I want it to be something that people interact with. Right. So I want to do it at a questions. time of day where that people will actually ask questions. Mm -hmm. So if I do it at like seven o'clock at night, where yeah. people are just watching Netflix, it's like, oh, cool, I'll tune into this for a bit. And yeah. then, and then they, if they have questions or if something I said doesn't make sense, they can literally type it and I'll see it and I'll answer that right away. Right. So that's kind of the way I want to do it. Um, it's just been hard to find a time where I have good internet connection and no one is around so that right. I can actually do it. But mm -hmm. anyways, it's a tangent for another time. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it eventually. Sure. Yeah, no, that would be super valuable for a lot of people too <laughs> and i think when you teach people how to do things it kind of cements what you already know Definitely. in your own mind right yep. like i remember just really teaching anything i mean i teach swimming lessons yeah. <laughs> all the time and you and are just, probably like, really good at swimming I'm, ever since i started teaching right? exactly i mean even showing people certain things like about music production if they just like have a question yeah it's just like, oh, like, what does compression do? And yeah. you explain it to them, and you're like, oh, yeah, that oh, yeah. is what it does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? You yeah. know it in your head, but until you say it out loud, yep. until you s explain it, then, you know, it just totally solidifies it. And that is the best way to study as well. Totally. If you... Totally is. Yeah. If you don't... I love that. I love it when people are... Else. I've had friends help me study. They're just like, okay, teach me what you're learning. Yep. And it's just... That's the only way I could ever do any yep. math. I, was yeah, if one of my friends absolutely. was just like, I don't get this, yeah. and I could explain it to mm -hmm. them, then the next time I go and do it, it's so much easier. Exactly. Do. So much easier. That's the, literally the only reason I passed my um, neurology class. I had to take this class on like the neurochemistry of the brain, mm -hmm. and that was the hardest course I've ever taken in my life. Oh, I can imagine. And the only reason that I like did half decent in it was because I had a friend who just let me like teach him about mm -hmm. the neurochemistry of the brain 
even though like he wasn't paying attention half the time even right. just me like talking about it out loud was like okay i think i got this yeah you, so. you find ways to make it make sense yeah you know so you remember that stuff a lot easier <laughs> definitely my goodness yeah another big tangent that we went oh on. yeah my goodness um <laughs> and then like kind of the all-encompassing thing because it feels like a lot just look from an outsider's view it, look, it feels like there's a lot happening really fast right now yes and when you look at the whole scope of your career when if there's like anything that you could tell like lights version of josh sahanta like your first version yeah. <laughs> you know that you look so much younger on that album oh, cover <laughs> like so much younger. i want to forget if there's that any part. if you could pull him from that photo shoot and tell him anything like about where you are right now and just give him like three minute piece of advice what would you tell that oh, young man. younger version of Jossa Hunter. Oh, be humble and stay in school. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Because Light's version of Josh did not want to be in university, and um, kind of just had his head in the wrong place mm -hmm. in, in the sense of like, he, I think he, I think he just wanted to be famous, and that's it. Yeah. Whereas now, like, I don't care mm -hmm. if I'm ever famous. I would like, I would like an increased version of what I'm doing exactly where I'm at right now. Because right now, I'm, I don't have, I don't have an, a summer job. Like, right. I don't have work lined up for the summer. Mm -hmm. However, I have enough gigs and enough bookings this summer that I don't need to work. So, that is like my ultimate. Like that, I'm literally living, 10. I'm living a premature version of my life dream right now Yeah, is like being able to sustain myself on music and only music. Mm -hmm. And so what that does is that gives me the days free to write and right. record and totally. experiment and do all this other stuff. And then my evenings to do shows. And the thing with music is like one gig brings in like $500. So one 45 minute set, $500. That's like how much I would have made in like a week of my yeah, other job. That pays your rent. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's like if I can have this, but more frequently and in right. different parts of the world, that would be my end goal. And so my younger self was just like, I just want to be famous. I just want to get sponsored by Fender. I just want to, <laughs> I just want to do this and that and like go on big tour buses as much as that would be cool. Um, that's definitely not where my head's at anymore because I think that I definitely like having a family at some point is something that's important to me. And so mm -hmm. that just becomes harder the more famous you get, quote totally. unquote. So totally. if I could like be as famous as your typical band, like think of Laney, right? Like yeah. they're not, they're not so famous that like they're getting their like, information displayed all over the tabloids right. and it's not yeah, like the yeah. press are chasing them down yeah they're not that famous but they're famous enough that they could walk down the street and like people would probably recognize them or yeah. at least like two or three two people. or three people would recognize would recognize them and if they, they played a show about it exactly and they don't know their personal lives so they're yeah. not going to be like wow you're a douchebag but like also they could play a show in like just about any major city mm -hmm. and sell it out yeah. Right. That's where I'd like to be. Like Definitely. not so famous that people care about my private life, but famous, famous enough that like I could tour and perform 
wherever you want wherever to i want come and up. have people be like i'm gonna buy tickets to that yep and that's in a nutshell my goal now and mm-hmm. so i think this this summer is a really incredible stepping stone into that because i have i have like more out of town bookings this year than i have in my in-town bookings which mm-hmm. is insane like i'm playing calgary i'm playing banff thursday friday saturday i'm playing calgary next wednesday and then again next saturday the following week i'm playing vancouver oh wow so and then um august i'm playing in nashville oh, wow. um because i've those that's for the cd baby thing you got in for the i i didn't get in i don't know they didn't they haven't announced um because i apply for that too yeah i, I, I haven't heard back about that Neither the about. the uh, showcases gonna, like if you heard back about it but i didn't be like okay no, cool no, no, thanks no. cd baby really appreciate it's it completely, <laughs> it's completely not related to that no. um i just had i just made a friend in kansas city okay who lives in nashville oh who sweet does like an open mic thing cool um and asked me to be like the featured artist so i can't sweet. i can't technically get paid for it but it's That's still cool. a gig in nashville i don't yeah. care it's um, a different market absolutely mm-hmm. and then in october um I'm doing bookings in Kelowna and probably Vancouver again. I have a friend from Saskatchewan who wants to go on tour um, around the time of Breakout West. Oh, okay. So, um, kind of catch everybody yeah, going to that event. So, it would be, be cool. it would be cool to do something like that. But anyways, another tangent. Sorry. We've got lots of things going on other places rather yeah. than at home. You know. Yeah. There's just lots of really. You know, you're seeing that progress. Yeah. Finally, man, it's yeah. been a long time. It's been five years of nothing, and then yeah. finally, this is like, okay, I can actually potentially do this as a career. Yeah, and my family is finally starting to take me seriously. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. Well, we were talking about that when we when we drove to get that XLR cable about patience and everything yeah. like that. Like that's just such a valuable skill, definitely, to learn. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, yeah, it, there's. I'm sure you've had so many frustrating days where you're just like, why the fuck am I doing this? Yeah. Right. Where you're just like, you feel like you just want to give up. Yeah. Do something with your psych degree. Yeah. You know, it seems like an Let's easy default, it. man. Yeah. Like it's always, it totally does. it's always like whispering me, whispering me back to it, like to just go do my masters and just feel like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go two years. I'll do my masters. And then I can practice as a, as a psychologist in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, how fulfilled will I feel if I do that? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I will feel like I'm not doing my calling and I'm not doing, mm-hmm. like, what I'm passionate about. And yeah. so I love psychology, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I think that a lot of people, what I found lately too is just, like, when you want to do something creative, it's not, like, an all-or-nothing thing. Yeah. You can still have other passions, exactly. right? You can still be like, okay, yeah, I love psychology. Yep. I do, like you were saying, you do want to go back and get your master's, but it's not the be all end all. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that's a cool thing with music is it gives me enough of a window to pursue other things as well. Because if I'm just gigging in the evening, then I've got an entire day to do whatever the heck else I play video games. I can play video games. I could get a part time job at Save On Foods. I like it. Doesn't matter. I'm not going to do that, but yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. If you're really into if I being really, a grocery clerk, if I really, really wanted to, I could. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's it's such a hard thing to learn. 
Yeah. And I think that you learn more about it every single day. Yeah. You learn, you have to learn that lesson over and over and over again, deeper and deeper. Yep. Every single time. Totally. Not at all sexual. I promise. But, <laughs> I didn't even you know, think about it. <laughs> the second I said deeper and deeper, I'm like, shit, uh, <laughs> I went down the wrong road. You did. But you know what I mean? You, yeah. you get that same lesson, but it's just, it, it, it instills itself in you so much more. Absolutely. Every single time that you go through something like that. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's, it's the life of an artist, man. You just you're there at that kind of breaking point yep. all the time. Yep. But it's beautiful because that's where you're the most creative. Yeah. At the same, you know. Yeah. The, the best music that you write, the best things that you create, are is at your point where you're just like, I don't know if I want to do this totally. anymore. Yeah. Because you're pushing so hard. Exactly. Yeah. That's such a it's good hard, point. It's hard wow. to be floating. Yeah. And create. You know, totally. You, you have to like really put your mind to it. Yep. It's a weird, weird balance. No, it's crazy, and that's so true. And the because... second you think that you get it, yeah, and that you could do it again, yeah. you, you you can't do it anymore. Yeah, you can't do it. And then yeah, for me, like the, all the times that I've been like, maybe I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll write a song. That, I'll write it. I'll <laughs> literally like, like write I a song. To keep I'm doing like, this. I can't like not do this anymore. Yeah. The song is like so good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, because I was in that rut that I was in that I was talking to you right. about. And like literally two days after I wrote a song, I'm just like, oh, okay, maybe I, yeah. the song is beckoning me. Back I do, into the- I do need to keep doing music. Yeah. I do need to just not give up on this. Mm-hmm. Like I just had a crappy week. It's fine. It'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. And yeah, there's, it's so interesting that creative process and kind of, you find out these weird nuances about it. But again, you never can really pin it down. Nope. There was, have you seen the John Mayer interview that he did with, uh, not with Berkeley? Oxford yes where he talks about like his songwriting process and he almost like thinks a song into existence Mm -hmm. or he has to like kind of sit back and let it play out in his mind yeah like I found that more and more and more Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine what it's him for for what it's like for him to write a song because he's probably so many songs that he's written then he has like that process down yeah to a T yeah where he can just like he thinks of a melody idea and he just grabs his guitar and just plays it writes it down yeah and doesn't ever second guess himself Mm -hmm. and then you know you have fucking new light or he's like gravity man he's like the weirdest guy like he's such a creative genius Mm -hmm. but he's so so weird like if you've seen which i'm sure you have like all the videos and even just his like instagram stories (laughs) he's just so weird like i feel like if i met him i wouldn't even know what to talk about because i yeah. feel like i just feel like he's you almost feel awkward around him. i feel like he does like acid but like not actually <laughs> yeah. like his brain his is, life is acid his his life is just purple like i just picture <laughs> like his whole like the way he th- sees the world is like through through like a one of those like weird like the kaleidoscope kaleidoscope things. things i don't even know man like he just the way he describes things i'm like i literally could not have conjured that even if i was to like do the hardest <laughs> the biggest bowl of shrooms i could possibly find <laughs> just eats an entire salad yeah. of shrooms oh my god still can't get to that point yeah man, but like, he just operates on that yeah. on a regular basis and like he's not crazy no he's like it's just John Mayer. He's just John Mayer. He's you know? just seen a lot of things. Everybody's. I mean, you, there's other people like that in the industry too. I mean, you look at the Beatles at one point who were doing <laughs> drugs, but like, I mean, Paul McCartney even now, like in the way that he talks about things yeah. and like the way that they created things, you're just like, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't even begin yeah. to think about how yeah. that would have gone down in your head. Yeah. There's literally like experience. People who are just like 
greatly experienced who are just like wellsprings of knowledge and then there are people who just do hard drugs mm. who don't actually know a whole lot but who seem to seem to like think about things in a way that is like so outside of the box right that you're kind of like that's incredible <laughs> that could work it's Where so did crazy you come it up might with work. that yeah yeah it's it's a journey that we're on yeah. psychologically yeah music is such a huge manifestation of what art imitates life you know yeah life imitates art totally it's gonna get really really quiet here at the end but thank you for coming in and taking the time to do the interview i'm really glad that we got the chance to catch up a little yeah, bit man. and i'm excited for yeah we're excited exactly. to see where you go with your with your career thank will be you, sweet thank you We've got some cool things lined up so yes i mean keep working at it and of course don't don't give up i won't don't i ever will give never up, give man. up you got lots of fans don't here. Don't stop so. believing. Thank you, man. <laughs> don't stop believing. <laughs> Alrighty. Thank you to everybody that's listening. You can plug all your stuff if you want as well. Sure. Do that um, really quick. Yep. Just everything's under Josh Sahunta, S-A-H-U-N-T-A, Instagram. Follow that. Spotify. Follow that. Apple. Follow buy that. Buy that, uh, buy that shit on iTunes yeah. and Bandcamp. Uh, Bandcamp. <laughs> yeah. Bandcamp. Get the merch. Uh, yeah thanks <laughs> thanks for being on the show Josh really appreciate it thanks for having me man <laughs>